Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Low Watt Living Podcast, the podcast for anyone who wants to live a more energy-independent lifestyle. If you'd like to support the show, please leave a positive review on iTunes. You can also like our Facebook page. And now, on with the show. All right, everybody, with me today is Pat Ryan. He works for an employer that does something really cool that I'm uh, very interested in, and I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, They do what's called aquaponics. And it's uh, well. I'll let you know what I'll let him explain it. Pat, are you there? Yep. So uh, aquaponics is the uh, use of uh, fish waste to grow plants in conjunction in a closed loop system. What we do uh, at Get Fresh Farms, where I work, is we raise tilapia in uh, pretty big fish tanks, and then we process that waste and we grow plants hydroponically with that water. So it's a completely closed-loop system, and uh, we actually end up using a lot less water than a traditional farm that way. Amazing. I just find that amazing. Um, Is there any additives you have to put to the water, or is it strictly fish and plants? So there's uh, two major elements you don't get from animal waste, and that's iron and calcium. Those two things have to be added. Um, we are a certified organic farm, so what we do is we use a, a chelated iron that's certified organic, and uh, we also use calcium carbonate, um, which is essentially the same mineral that you would get from eggshells, um, but it's a mined mineral. All right. Wow. That's very, very interesting. How how scalable is this? I mean, what's the smallest size you can do? I mean, and how big can you scale this? Um, so there's there's people that do that uh, type of thing at their house where they have you know 100 gallon fish tank and and they'll grow enough food to support their family on that. Yeah. Um, a lot of hobbyists um, are what make up the community of aquaponics growers. Um, as far as large scale uh, farms like ours, we're one of about 15 in the nation that are our size. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. it's it's a pretty neat thing to have in our region too. This is relatively a, a new thing. I mean, it's been around for a while, but uh, at the size that it's getting, the 15, this is relatively new, is it not? Yeah, um, so commercially aquaponics has been around for about 10 years now. Um, and, uh, as far as being studied, uh, it's only been, uh, studied for about 35 years. Uh, it started out at a university in the Virgin Islands called UBI. And, uh, that's where, uh, uh, the whole thing started. They basically wanted to find a way to utilize, uh, as, as little fresh water as possible because they are on an island. And, and to still grow plants and aquaculture in a closed loop. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I'm, yeah. su- I'm surprised it started there. You know, them yeah. being on an island like that. that. That's Like I said, I always say it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, the the fact that it was uh, an UBI, uh, you know, started on an island, it really, it really happened because uh, 
they were u- able to utilize a 365-day growing season. Yeah. So when you're in a tropical area, they can pretty much grow all year round, and they don't have to pay for lights or heating their water. Um, pretty much the only expense is running pumps. With us being in a more northern climate, uh, extreme northeast Indiana, almost Michigan, um, how do you guys deal with that uh, heating the water in the winter? So we have what's called geothermal heating. Um, and uh, so basically we have a bunch of uh, pipes that run underneath our uh, our tanks and our grow beds. Yeah. And that uh, is pumped through with hot water. So it's a pretty efficient way to to heat everything. And uh, it keeps our water at a constant 73 degrees, which is what the fish need to grow. And so that, in turn, keeps the whole system fairly warm. Um, we do utilize overhead heaters uh, during the coldest months. You know, when it's negative zero outside, we have to have overhead heaters. Um, but that's also run on natural gas. So it's a it's pretty inexpensive uh, way to heat your stuff. Did you guys have a problem uh, this winter seeing as how we got to 13 below and that sort of thing? Um, we had pretty much no problems getting through the winter. The only thing is the added expense with the shorter days, we get less light, and so we have to add supplemental lighting. That makes a lot of so, sense. Yeah, so we use metal highlights and high-pressure sodiums, a mixture of those two, and they can eat up a good amount of energy. Um, I know you told me what kind of fish you guys use, but can this be expanded to any any kind of fish, or is it just a certain kind of fish that's best for this? Um, aquaponics is typically uh, based around freshwater. There are people down at UVI that are experimenting with saltwater, but um, the main three are going to be tilapia, uh, hybrid striped bass, which are fairly popular in, on the East Coast, um, and then trout, which is a cold water species. Yeah. That's mainly that's mainly what's done in North America. And then if you have aquaponic systems elsewhere, like Australia, then they tend to utilize more native species like jade perch and barramundi, oh, yeah. which are like uh, they're a sea bass variety. So with the uh, saltwater, I don't know how much you know about that. Um, are they uh, mainly growing in algae? Um, so basically with the saltwater growth, um, they're utilizing those systems to grow other animal feeds. Oh, I see. So you can, you can grow things like duckweed and, uh, seaweed and a lot of, uh, different types of kelp. Kelp oh, is oh, extraordinarily yeah. nutritious and, uh, it's a, you know, it's a life source for a lot of different, a lot of different organisms. So typically what they're trying to do is not only desalinate water at the same time, but, you know, utilize that, that fast resource that we have of all that salt water. What are the best vegetables to be using in the, um, non-salinated water? Um, so in our system, we run two different types of digesters to process the waste. And that allows us to grow, uh, fruiting vegetables and also leafy vegetables. So in our main system, we process the waste that will create more nitrogen. And we grow lettuce, kale, basil, all the herbs you can imagine, um, and a lot of leafy greens. And then in our other system, which is an anaerobic digest, in our anaerobic digester, we're uh, able to uh, 
processed, more phosphorus and potassium towards those. And so we can grow tomatoes and strawberries and, and fruiting vegetables like and that. extremely so hot the, peppers. Oh, yeah. We grow <laughs> the hottest pepper on the face of the planet, the Carolina Reaper. Woo. Yeah, um, just to let the listeners know, uh, you actually here in Fort Wayne, which is where we live, um, you guys have a farmer's – you guys go to the farmer's market – and we actually mm-hmm. went down there, my family and I, and we got some of the kale, and it was delicious. It really yeah, was. The, the difference between aquaponics and soil produce is, is, is quite different. Um, a lot of people comment on our kale being sweeter than soil. And uh, the nice thing is is you, you have the option to change all the water parameters for the most part. Whereas when you have soil, it's amended, and that's pretty much set once your growing year starts out. So we can kind of change things depending on what we need to do. Um, is this uh, like a flood and drain system like some of the hydroponic systems, or is this a constant water level? You can utilize pretty much any type of uh, hydroponics with it. What we use is um, a deep water culture. So we have raft beds. Uh, which is uh, high-density polystyrene. Um, it's used for insulation a lot of the times behind drywall, um, and then it's painted with latex paint. So basically the roots are just floating on top of this highly oxygenated water. Um, and then in our system that we grow tomatoes and our fruiting vegetables, we have uh, an ebb and flow system. So it'll start out on one end and then it has a slight tilt for the bed and it'll drain on the opposite end. Nice. Um, another question I wanted to ask is what is the turnaround rate? Because you guys sell the fish as well, correct? Yep. What is the turnaround rate, uh, or time span for the fish to be sellable and the plants to be sellable? Um, plant turnaround rate, uh, as far as like lettuce, you're looking at 65 days. So that's about 25 to 30 days shorter than a soil growth period. Um, kale is something that you cut multiple times. So your first cut, you're looking at around 70 days, and you can cut it twice. Um, and it just kind of depends on the different crops. As far as tilapia, the grow-out uh, rate is around 12 months. Um, we run our system a little bit cooler um, and actually saves money. Uh, so, so grow our grow up slower. Yep, it's about fourteen months for a grow up from uh, you know a, a two gram fish to get up to about two pounds. Wow! So you guys the, buy, buy pretty much uh, uh, shiners. I mean minnows. Yeah, when we buy them, they're uh, what's called fry, and those are extraordinarily small fish. And uh, we raise them up in a separate decoupled system, so we can. Uh, quarantine them not only to, you know so we make sure we don't hurt any other fish but uh they they require a little bit special care when they're small you don't have any uh problems with cannibalism uh any fish is going to eat other fish um for the most part even if they're you know known to be vegetarian if you put them in a tank with each other they will tilapia thankfully are really easy to feed train so at a young age, we, we train them to, to be ready to eat three different times a day. And once they get into the habit, we really don't have any issues with cannibalism. Now, other varieties like barramundi, the, the hybrid sea bass that they grow in Australia, you'll have cannibalism rates like 50 60%. Wow. But 
but that also in turn gets you a really, really good market price where you're talking about like six to seven dollars a pound locally, eight to nine dollars a pound internationally. Wow. So is this a pellet feeding system then? We feed by hand. Um, automatic feeders are pretty dirty and they're also known to carry a lot of pathogens. Um, it's just kind of an inefficient way to feed unless you're on a huge scale. So we we weigh everything out on a scale before we give give them the feed and uh, you know uh, feed by hand. We're also able to reduce waste that way. So if one tank isn't eating particularly good that day, then we're able to manage the amount that we give them. Do you guys have like a scrub system to clean out the uh, whatever residue that isn't flushed through the uh, plant system? There's a number of different preventative maintenance steps that take place throughout the system. We flush a number of different drains and uh, pipes that go throughout the system on a regular basis. But um, the, the main thing that we have for cleaning is uh, round tanks. And that would be my number one recommendation for someone wanting to start something up. It's avoid square edges. For the corners? Um, yeah, the the round tank is if you get a current going where it's constantly circling around is going to keep everything a lot more clean. And uh our maintenance uh mainly is in in the plumbing section of it, not the tanks. Oh, that would that actually makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Well, that this is awesome. Um do you guys have a website by any chance? Yep, it is getfreshfarms.com. And uh, we're at the Fort Wayne Farmer's Market just about every Saturday. And uh, we also do the Farmer's Market in the winter as well. So we're a year-round producer. And uh, you can also find our our produce at uh, J.K. O'Donnell's in downtown Fort Wayne on a regular basis. All right, great. Uh, Pat, thanks for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. And I will probably have you back on sometime because uh, you're very informative and I love what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about it and uh, if we can't get some of your listeners involved in aquaponics. Definitely, definitely. I would like to do it once we uh, move and get a little bigger place. This place is a little small for me. So, Yeah. All right. Once again, thanks for being on today. Yeah, no problem, man. 